Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We're coming to you again today from Cannes, where it's day two of MIP TV 2019. In this episode... Stephen Knight, creator of Peaky Blinders, Taboo, an upcoming Apple drama C, was at Cannes series and MIP drama to discuss his career. In particular, the show drawn from personal stories of his family history that's garnered all manner of accolades and an incredible cult following around the world. Peaky Blinders stars Killian Murphy as a Birmingham crime overlord, ruthlessly building up his empire between the two world wars. And as fans await the launch of the eagerly anticipated fifth season, I had a chance to sit down with Knight in rather more salubrious surrounds. Rather than the sound of crows feasting on the corpses of enemies dispatched by Tommy Shelby on canal boats through the black country backwaters, our interview took place on a Riviera hotel balcony plagued by seagulls. I started off by asking Knight how the show has come to define him before we talked a little more about his approach to his craft and the other series he's working on. Uh, the Peaky Blinders journey has been uh, a long one, if you include uh, when I first wanted to do it, which was about 25 years ago, and I took it to Channel 4. Um, and I'm glad it didn't happen then because I think the technology wasn't right and the screens people were watching TV on, you wouldn't have been able to do it justice, I don't think. So um, then I went away and made films and did all the other stuff and then Pretty early on when television started to become what it is now, um, I was asked if I had any television ideas and I got that idea out of the bottom drawer metaphorically and wrote it, wrote the first episode, BBC liked it. And I've been writing it ever since and loving it. It's my passion. The ambition you're looking ahead to the, to the fifth season now, the ambition is to take it further. You've always had a sort of clear point in yeah. mind as to when it yeah. is going to end. Yeah. Um, but just tell me how you've adapted to writing the series, how you've changed as you've gone along and your approach to it as well as the success of it has ballooned. Well, I mean, this, the Peaky Blinders success gives you energy and confidence. And it means that you can keep doing what you're doing because it's important for continuity, but also experiment and do new, new things. And the Peaky audience seem to go with it. They seem to respond and appreciate it. Um, uh, series five is shot and in my opinion it's the best yet it's really really strong uh, and i'm writing six at the moment but the, the the great thing about it is that now i know who the characters are so intimately i can sort of put them in a room and let them talk to each other and let them you know bring the nuance and the plot and the story to in the session where you were speaking earlier you talked about how when you do begin a series you 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 have the overall story in mind, but you you just do the first two episodes and then and then things sort of start to change. Can you just talk through that process a little bit more? Is that something that applies to this or to other work that you've yeah, done? Yeah, pretty much everything I do, I tend to um, try not to plan it out too much. In fact, I don't really plan it out at all. So I would have stepping stones of things that I know would happen, um, hopefully a destination where you know the last episode is gonna take us to. But in the interim, I try and just let the keyboard do it and just sit there and write and let the characters talk. Go down a few blind alleys, that's fine. You can always erase it. But just try and make it as 
organic a process as possible without ever saying the character has got to walk into the room and make this point, tell someone they love them, tell someone they hate them. You know, if you force the characters to do that, I think it starts to feel unnatural. But you did force the characters into a certain situation at the end of series three, season three, sorry, which you then had to resolve um, it, at the beginning of season four. Just talk about that, because it sounded like you've sort of forced yourself into a writing corner and, and, and then the, the challenge was coming out. Yeah, I mean, the, the end of season three, start of season four were um, illustrative of the problems and the benefits of writing in that way, of, of just letting it go, because you, I, I painted myself into a corner, everybody was put into prison, they were going to get hung. So how do you get out of that? But I, I actually think giving yourself those impossible situations forces you to have creative solutions. For example, when um, at the end of series two, when Killian was taken by three U armed UVF men, taken to his own grave, and they've all got guns, they're about to shoot him. I didn't, when I set that up, know how he was going to survive that. And so I had to think, well, how the hell, how the hell is he going to get? He can't fight his way out. You know, it would be implausible. So I had to think maybe, well, and then the ending that, that happened. So I think it, it's, it's, it's a good discipline to give yourself impossible dilemmas. Perhaps. What was the turning point in the series where you felt, as you say, that the characters, the actors have become to inhabit the characters so well that you felt comfortable with uh, yeah. the, the creation? I think quite early, I think the end of, in terms of writing, it, it couldn't happen until the end of um, series one. Because then once it had been out and got whatever response it got, then I knew what this whole thing was. I knew who the characters were. And from then it's been, um, you know, it's always a labor of love, but it's, it's made easier by the fact that the actors are so good and they've created these really strong, distinctive characters. How do you like to work with actors? And, and, and you know, particularly when they become such a powerful part of, of what you're doing and I guess begin to influence what, well, I mean, I like TV because um, the actors, the system gives the writer more control. And so when writing TV, the script that you write tends to be the script that gets performed and um, it doesn't get too messed about with, it doesn't get too ad-libbed around, which is great. I really like that. However, when you've got actors of the calibre that we've got, it's their being their self that creates the character you know they can take the words and they can do all sorts of things with them and create whole new meanings for the stuff that they're saying um, and so to to write for actors of that caliber is such a pleasure and what about when you take on someone else's very personal project like taboo and how did that relationship yeah, develop i mean it was the idea for taboo uh when when it was offered to me was was quite uh, loose and they were quite open for it to, to change so it didn't feel as if it was writing out uh, an existing beginning middle and end I mean it certainly wasn't that and creating the character of Delaney was the the business of it really it was, it was um, trying to get that character right and do do a character that Tom believed in and, and inhabited which he did so well but you know it's 75% the act taking it in, taking it on, becoming that thing. That's what the audience is responding to. 
And um, in terms of the adaptation of Dickens that you're working on now, again, how is that different? And the modern television medium is, is seems like the perfect medium yeah. that, that Dickens would have inhabited, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, the thing that attracted me to Dickens' adaptation is, first of all, the, the novels are so brilliant, the characters are so vivid. Uh, he was uh, someone who was writing in the 19th century who was among the first to use phonetic dialogue uh, to, to reflect the dialogue of ordinary people in the street. You know, it was quite revolutionary he did that. And I think that if, dialogue, uh, if Dickens was around now, he would be writing Returning Television because it, it gives you eight hours or even 24 hours to tell a story. And how can you tell David Copperfield's story in 90 minutes? You know, it can't be done. So I felt that because TV has become what it's become now and because of the quality of it and the actors that now are appearing in it, you can unlock that library of classics and start to take a look at what can be achieved um, with this long form narrative going from period dramas to extreme sci-fi with C, uh, your Apple show, it's, it sounds like a complete departure from your other work. I don't yeah. Know. So tell us about C. Yeah. I mean, C um, is, a, is a TV um, drama for Apple, for the new platform, which would be helping to launch that platform. Um, I try, if possible, to make the next thing as different to the last thing that I did as possible. Uh, and see set in the future in a world where um, human beings have lost the power of vision. As a consequence of doing C, I was at the Apple launch event in San Francisco and I felt it was a moment, uh, a very indicative moment about where the industry is, where you know half of LA came to San Francisco um, to be there and it just felt to me that Things are changing, you know, seismic events are happening. The tectonic plates are moving. And um, as far as I'm concerned, it's a good thing. Stephen Knight, talking to me yesterday in Cannes. That's just a small extract from a C21 TV video interview you'll be able to watch in full on our site soon. So stay tuned for that. There'll be more from the podcast tomorrow. And remember to stay up to date with all the latest industry developments by following C21 online on Twitter and on mobile. Thanks for listening. <laughs>